Welcome to Leading the Evolution with Tanya Kunze. It's all about how successful people stay successful, no matter what life throws at them, how they balance business, personal and interpersonal, while staying positive and focused. Each episode formulates a story about how champions of industry have adapted, psychologically, physically and emotionally throughout their lives, and specifically to the new normal in 2020. Tanya is a neuroscience coach, author and global keynote speaker. And in each episode, she investigates and digs into the skill set and methodologies her guests have applied successfully to be agile in business, medicine and entrepreneurialism for you to practically adopt to your life. Welcome back to Leading the Evolution. I'm Tanya Kunza. In our last episode with Mark Barnes, we discussed how to turn a company around using his tried and tested methodology. Today, I have a very exciting champion of industry in studio with me, Matthew van den Heuvel. Welcome to Leading the Evolution. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Matthew is an accountant by training, a CA, background in M&A and corporate finance, growth and strategy, and now jointly running Econorisk, a national short-term insurance brokerage. So Matthew, my question to you is, please share a few points pertaining to how you and your team at Econorisk have been agile and navigated your company through the COVID lockdown. I think in, in terms of beginning, I think we were forced to make um, a lot of changes uh, to the way that we operate. Um, you know, lockdown put us in a situation that uh, I don't think any of us would have ever envisaged. Mm. Um, and I think work from home or remote work, um, which I think a lot of us have thought about for, for many years as to what that would look like. All of a sudden, within a week, we, we went from being uh, in our offices to being remote. Um, and it took literally a week. So I think the first thing we had to adjust to is being remote mm-hmm. um, and managing people remotely. I think that's probably been our biggest learning. And uh, we've been um, you know, pleasantly surprised um, to a large degree um, where people are took responsibility and accountability. Um, and technology is an amazing thing. It's, it, it really has allowed us to, to continue operating throughout um, lockdown. Um, you know, fortunately, in the insurance space, our business operates um, whether we're at home or not, not at, um, at work. And um, yeah, so we, we carried on operating and uh, people still need to insure their assets and safeguard their, their hard fought assets. And that's really what uh, our focus has been is to help our clients um, weather this uncharted mm. territory. So the interesting thing is everyone's gone online. It's been the biggest thing. And you offer an online security insurance, cybersecurity. Could you just expand on that? Because that's really interesting. Look, I think that's the first uh, thing that most businesses that uh, con- continue to operate through lockdown um, realized how exposed you are from a tech perspective. Mm. You know, I think uh, a lot of your CIOs over the years have, uh, you know, a lot of thinking has been is how do I secure my network? How do mm-hmm. I secure my people? You know, your, your staff rocking up to the office and they can't put in USBs and they can't go to this network, that network. And all of mm. a sudden, uh, you've now got, you know, in our case, we are 115 people. All of a sudden, 115 people were working remotely mm. and accessing our infrastructure from wherever they were. Mm. So if you just look at our business, all of a sudden, you know, from being at three offices around the country, now you've got 115, if you want yep. to look at it that way. Um, and I think that's probably been one of the biggest challenges that uh, your business owners and those running businesses have have come across So, well, how do I now protect myself from exposure? Um, obviously, from a, a regulatory perspective, businesses are 
uh, required these days um, to manage external data a hell of a lot more than um, you know it was in the past. You know, you've got um, certain poppy and and different uh, mm. electronic data um, acts that that enforce you to to manage um, external data uh, very well. And yeah, so from a cyber perspective, we do offer. I mean, most of our, our clients have cyber cover, which protects mm. you in the instance of having a cyber attack. Mm-hmm. Um, all the big acronyms that you hear at the moment, ransomware um, and, and different elements where a network can get uh, hacked into. And, and that's where your cyber policy really comes mm. to, the, to the fore where, yeah, I suppose if, it, if in the unfortunate circumstance that you do get impacted via cyber um, attack, uh, that there is an element of insurance that comes in to diagnose uh, you know, what the impact has been to your infrastructure. And then with our service providers that we work for and our carriers that we work with, um, you know, to obviously then help our client to manage that and then re-secure the, their network so that uh, the, the vulnerability is taken away and that the, the network is secure. But yeah, I think globally right now, probably one of your your biggest threats to any business is cyber threats. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, one thing that lockdown has done is it's all of a sudden networks are way more exposed and therefore your, your need for a uh, cyber product to protect you is, is more than ever. We're also now seeing the evolution of cyber products to individuals. Um, so oh, we're also aspect. offering um, where an individual can take out cyber cover for themselves. Um, and again, you know, even all of us now as individuals, because we operate so differently um, through mobile um, phones and, and your laptops at home, and I mean, even these days your TVs and your fridge are access to the network. You know, if ever your personal network is penetrated, you mm-hmm. now have cyber cover to protect your, your networks and then also to allow you to, to manage any um, uh, threats or, or risks that, you, that you've been exposed to. So I think that's a great um, offering. And I think it's something that as an individual, mm. it's certainly something that, that you need, identity theft. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, if someone hacks into your phone and can access your banking, um, you know, if you look at how we, we transact these days, we, we op- often your phone really has a lot of your mm. uh, very personal uh, information that, uh, you know, if some of that gets hacked, it, it can have a, a serious impact to you as an individual. And it's, it's from, from my perspective, I think it's a great product for any individual to have. Absolutely. So now if you had to look at, at your environment, you've got 115 staff in the corporate space. And as you say, very restricted with policies and procedures because of the world that you play in. What were the top one or two things that you did that other business owners could maybe apply that worked for you? Because I know it's been a lot of trial and error for everybody. You know, I think that the first thing that um, as a business owner you need to accept is, is that people are going to be remote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the first thing you need to um, be mindful of is, is that you do need to then trust people that uh, they will continue to operate uh, at home. Um, you know, the old old school of, of running a business is one where you have everybody in the office and you're kind of managing what they do and when they have breaks and when they have lunch and when they come in and when they leave. All of a sudden, from a remote perspective, those controls are, are no longer there. Mm. The flip side to that is is that if you if you trust the, the 115 at Econorus, we call our we've got an internal campaign um, around calling our staff superheroes yes. because we really want to delight our clients. So if the 115 superheroes can account for themselves, therefore, you know, I think we should allow them to to be responsible um, and to continue to operate remotely in in this new world because mm. I, I don't know how long this is going to go on for. And I don't know what a, a new normal is going to look 
like. Mm. I just know that you know, the normal pre-lockdown is not going to be normal afterwards. Absolutely. Now, we, I spoke to Carissa Hector. She's the HR director for BMW. And she was saying what their findings have been is that the cream of the staff have kind of risen to the top. Have you had a finding like that? Have you know, people like just start shining working from home? Yeah, I think that definitely. Um, that, I suppose, is, you know, with, with giving people freedom, mm. um, you, you're either going to get the top performers rise right to the top. Yes. Um, and also, I think those that are, are underperforming then get highlighted even more. Yeah. Um, and it's, I suppose, human nature. Um, and that's why it really comes down to somebody being accountable and responsible. And, you know, I think if all of your staff can be accountable and responsible as to where they sit is then becomes irrelevant. Absolutely. How often have you had group meetings and, and making sure you check in with your team and that type of thing? The one thing we've learned is is that I think if you make the team the teams too big um, from a virtual perspective, I think it gets out of hand. So mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, if you've got more than sort of ten to fifteen people on a, a virtual call, I think it just gets you know, connectivity issues, mm -hmm. uh, voice. Um, you know, you, we still I think are learning uh, in terms of uh, what the right way to have these meetings are. And, you know, someone's dog will bark in the background or or those sort of elements. So I, I think the meeting should never be too big. Uh, I think between 10 up to a maximum of 15, I think 15 is actually even too much, maybe at, at 10 in a meeting. And I think it's just regular contact with your team. So from our perspective, what we did at, at, at Econorus is, is that because we've got different um, teams internally, um, each of them had their own sort of rhythm as mm. to how they engaged and each manager is then responsible for managing uh, the various teams. Um, you know, a lot of the teams on WhatsApp calls where, you know, my phone starts beeping and drives my family wild. But from like quarter to six in the morning, it's high morning, morning coffee, like pictures of coffee and, and the oh, like, okay. just to show that the team are there. Um, and yeah, I think a virtual call, I think face-to-face -face is still very important. Nice. Um, so from a management perspective, you've got to at least in this world, because you're not seeing people, I think it's important once a week to, you know, if I look at my sales team as it's once a week see everybody face to face. I think it's, it's peop, humans by nature are very, um, you know, what's the right word, but we're very social yes. and we want to see each other. Yes, community-based. Um, community-based. Mm -hmm. And I think the community-based is so important in this remote world is mm -hmm. just to still have that human connection. You know, email is very, um, it can come across incorrectly. And if yes. you look at most businesses these days, we, we transact via email. Um, and you've got to have a personal touch because emails can often be taken out of context yeah everybody's got their own style whereas face to face you can read that style an abrupt person face to face isn't necessarily that abrupt but on email it comes across as they're being very abrupt or they're rude or they might be doing that whereas face to face i think you lose a lot of that so the, the biggest thing that we did is continued with that dialogue continued having uh whatever uh, sort of things our teams did to keep those things going and a lot of that is now even though offices are reopened again a lot of those um, okay. are carrying on that's great. Well, so, the, and the opt-in for coming back to work, what's that been like? I think that's, in this world now, I think that's probably one of our biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, is whilst the virus is out there, and, um, you, know, to, you don't want to force people to come to work. Sure. And, and I think the fear is real. So I, d I don't think that you can um, force people to come to work. But in my personal opinion, um, you're, we, 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 we don't necessarily fully value how much an office uh, contributes to our work life uh -huh. by seeing the co you know by having a coffee together or just catching up with somebody whereas at home you you miss out on a lot of that yes um so i think the office environment has still got although it's just four walls and uh um 
you know, and glass and doors and the likes, it still does have an environment where you can catch up with people and uh, I think also share ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we, we also in business don't necessarily always value how much the daily interaction helps um, other, your staff members, your colleagues in terms of uh, whatever challenges that they're going through to help. So, yeah, I think it's been a bit slow from our, our perspective, but I, I'm starting to see more and more that people, that the staff really want to come back to work and come back and see their colleagues and their friends from work mm. um, and get back in the in the vibe per se. You know, I think it's very difficult to have a vibe at home. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your vibe, I think work and home, we've we've all grown up in our, in our, our work worlds is to say, well, work is work and, and home is home. Whereas clearly lockdown yes, blurred a lot them. of that. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I think when, when people are coming back to the office, they at least know, you know, you're back at work and... Uh, can get back into the room i think the longer a person delays coming back to the office i think the harder it's going to be to get back into the rhythm of going back to work. normal it will work will come back mm. you know we will we it will beat to. this we will beat this virus we will beat this pandemic and and we will come out on the other side of this but the longer i think you leave it the harder it will be to get back to it it's the same as if you if you fit mm. you know if you don't run let's just if running is your sure. thing if you don't run for a month it's very difficult to get back in, but if you only miss, you know, five days, it's very easy to get back into yes. the running. So I think, yeah, I would encourage, yeah, I'm encouraging certainly our staff to to come back. And yes, we've got all the protocols, and and it, it is more complicated than what it used to be going back to the work because you now have to sign in and you wear your mask and you get your temperature taken and everything's cleaned and and the likes. But you back into the rhythm of work. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing, I read an article the other day, it was really fascinating, where they were talking about trying to create the normal work environment. So if you're the kind of person that would, let's say, for example, go for a coffee break with a specific group, or you'd have your little smoking corner with specific people, that the management team should actually encourage that maybe two or three times a day, the smoking corner actually have a NMS Teams meeting where they talk about nonsense. They can't talk about work or each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And almost to try and recreate that norm. So you're saying, right, part of your mandate, guys, is I want the smoking corner three times a day for 15 minutes to have a ciggy together. And actually keep that at work. Keep that mojo going. And the people that typically have lunch together and whatever, you have a lunch meeting where you're all sitting in your kitchen eating your own food, but you're still having that familiarity of being in that workspace. So I thought that was quite a unique idea and could be fun. I think you, you have to keep the, the communities going yeah. in whatever, the, whatever shape or form that looks like. Yeah. Um, and we're trying pretty hard to, to keep the dialogue going and keep keeping people. I think the, the biggest challenge right now um, where, where I sit in, in the business is just to keep people's energy and, and positivity up. Yeah. And I think if you're sitting at home and you don't have the engagement with your colleagues to talk nonsense and talk about absolutely non-work stuff with somebody mm. who's not in your, your household, mm. I think is important. Yep. And whatever mechanism one can find to do that, I think it's, it's, it's very important. Yeah, I get you. And now that leads me into a very important aspect, which you and I have spoken about before, which is focus. So tell me about how, what are you focusing on? How have you focused your team? And, and what are you making that a pillar with? Yeah, as, as I said, I think the biggest challenge we have right now in terms of anybody focusing is, is to remain positive. You yeah. know, I think it's very difficult to, for, to be focused if you're not positive. So for, for me personally, is you kind of need to wake up in the mornings and, and be fortunate that we, our businesses continue to operate. You know, you've still got a roof over your head and you've got your health, got, got my family. And, and to stay positive, I have to have a positive mindset if I want to mm. then uh, instill that in, in the Conoris superheroes. Sure. 
And yeah, focus is, I think for me, the biggest thing that anyone can do right now is to really focus on what we can control. There's just so much at the moment, which is outside of our control. And if you've if you allow the uncontrollable events to mm-hmm. impact your thinking and your outlook, I think it's a very dark place that one can end up in. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, I'm, I'm not watching much news. Uh, yes, I'm staying up to date on what I deem is important, Good. but I'm not, you know, I'm not watching the Corona counts every day because it is going up. Mm. There's nothing I can do about it personally. Yes. yes, I can take control for what me and my family are doing, as well as what we are doing from staff in terms of the you know, personal hygiene and where my equipment and all those sort of things. But in terms of where this is going, when the next phase of lockdown is coming, how the government's going to stimulate the economy, I can't control any of that, and neither can any of the economist staff or anybody mm. out there. So that would really be a big thing that I'm trying to instill, is just focus on what you can control. And right now, for us as a business, the only thing we can really focus on is over-servicing our clients. Yep. You know, If we over-service our clients and our clients know that we are there, uh, that we're there to help them, and they are in very difficult circumstances, I think that's really what we can focus mm. on and which is in our control service for, for us as a business service is in our control so therefore let's focus on that right so would you say that's your top value in the organization or what would you say is your top value uh, i think when you say value do you mean uh, like a, from a service perspective from a service perspective, yeah i think yeah. service ultimately that right now uh, if we're not going to be servicing our clients then somebody else will and similarly another client out there that isn't being serviced we can service them so mm. absolutely you've got to be servicing and engaging with your clients and helping them right yeah. now is a time where we've got to help our clients um and and help them navigate whatever trouble they're going through you know at the end of the day our clients need insurance it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's something that that any business needs to safeguard the assets that they've worked very hard on yes. on creating yes and that's what our role is is to help them manage their risks and to to add value to their lives it's an interesting thing you, you said. You looked at value and you questioned it, and I thought, what other value could there be? And the other value could be the value of your product. And you know, looking at the value versus price, which I think it's crossed everybody's mind at this point, because people have looked at their lives and gone, "Okay, we don't know how certain the economy is. We don't really know where it's going. Do we cut back? Do we sustain? What value am I getting?" And should you be selling on value or price? That's the quandary that one's always going to have. Mm. Um, and where, where we sit at a, at a brokerage level, you've got to have both. So people, you have to get value for money. I agree 100%. But you also have to have the right uh, product suited to whatever your requirements are. You know, I, I think one of our biggest values is, is the access to insurance markets that we bring. Um, we've got incredibly strong relationships with our carrier partners. Mm. Um, and that therefore gives us we can hand on heart say to our clients that we're offering them the best insurers in the marketplace. And that, that's really where our, our value lies to our clients. And yes, it's got to also be at the right price. Yeah. So it's, it's very difficult to, to manage both. And yes, people, you know, most businesses and people um, are looking where do I cut costs now? Yeah. And that's why we need to be mindful of uh, ensuring that we give value, but at the same time, it's also the right value. 100% with good advice, solid guidance. And I think, you know, for me, there's nothing worse than someone phoning up and going, you know, hi, you can have this for this price. I'm going, well, what's the value? What's the hidden? What am I not knowing? If something happens to me, what don't I know about? What are you intentionally not telling me? It's in the small print. And I think having a very solid advisory base right now is probably the most critical thing you could be looking for. So something like, for example, we spoke about the cybersecurity and, and insurance. 
you know, not knowing about that, a lot of people might not even consider it as a thing. They're so busy scrambling to try and take their businesses online, they haven't even thought of protecting that. Absolutely. And your assets have moved. Your assets used to be an office place where they're locked up, Ah. and now all of a sudden your staff have gone and taken them to their sort of homes, and all those assets appropriately secured. Uh, You know, if you've got a fleet fleet of vehicles, if if that fleet wasn't moving during lockdown, did you, you know, change your policy to make sure that uh, you, you saved where appropriate? But now, are those vehicles back on the road and has your advisor then ensured that those assets now are, you know, moved back to full comprehensive insurance? So there's a whole bunch of elements that mm. uh, one needs to consider. And yeah, I think the insurance market's probably going to adapt um, to what's happened. And, and the example I gave there in terms of assets being at the workplace or now at somebody's home, mm. uh, are we making sure that they are secured? You know, a laptop these days, if, if I look at the Mac that you've got there, that could be a 30 grand laptop, which ordinarily would have been left in a locked office now all of a sudden sure. it's going in someone's car to their home and when it's at the person's house is it appropriately secured and that that's really where advice comes and plays such a vital role and what's so interesting then what's really come through for me here is that you know people have called it a grudge purchase in the past i think it's a critical purchase right now because i actually was was busy with my phone i was filming um one of the podcasts that i was doing and i dropped my phone and thank God it didn't break. But in that moment, the thought that crossed my mind was, oh, that's my entire business right there because it was during lockdown. It was right in the beginning. I couldn't have had it repaired. And then what would I have done for the rest of lockdown? That was my business. So having those assets, realizing the validity and the importance of those assets right now and having them insured is no longer a grudge purchase. It's a necessity. Yeah, I think I see it almost as an enabler. Yeah. You know, I think uh, insurance is an enabler for businesses to, to grow yeah. you know, and for you to be able to, in the business that you're doing now, uh, to buy that iPhone, you need to make sure that it's insured. Otherwise, your whole life could disappear in one moment had you not um, appropriately covered that asset. So I, I see it very much as a, insurance is an enabler. Absolutely. Um, and it, hopefully, um, as life returns to semi-normality, we, ultimately all of us want our economy to, to be growing and, and an economy grows when assets are being added to the system and those assets need to be safeguarded. Absolutely. And that's where, your, you know, that's where insurance comes in and plays such a vital role is any assets being added need to be safeguarded and, and adequately uh, protected. 100%. And tell me, just moving on to now a little bit more of your staff side, I think a lot of people are really fascinated about how companies have navigated successfully through this and I know that you have navigated successfully through this. How have you managed to adjust the attitudes? And I know we've spoken about positivity, but attitude in general, you know, just making sure that all 115 people have got their attitude in the right place, knowing the strategy of the organization. Do you think that bringing those to an alignment attitude and strategy work? And what have you done specifically? I would say that's been our biggest challenge um, during lockdown. And you you want to communicate with staff. You also don't want to over communicate. one of my biggest challenges whilst we communicate it is is that and and it talks to the points i raised earlier on around focusing on what you can control is is a lot of your communication you wanted to say or i wanted to put out there was very much linked to well when's the next phase of lockdown when do businesses reopen and we didn't know so i think as much as you want to communicate to all 115 the most critical elements has been that each of your managers that you entrust Mm. are managing their smaller teams because i can't prep up 115 people it's impossible because number one i don't know each of them as well as the manager is going to know them to Mm -hmm. to know the personal side to engage with them about what's going on in their personal world Mm. Uh, but secondly 
that's where the manager and employee relationship uh, comes in and that's why we, we pushed really hard that the managers stay in contact with their staff and whatever that mechanism might be, the good morning WhatsApp in, in mm. each team, it's very important to each of those staff members to know I'm part of this team, you know, I'm up and I'm working. So in some instances, what we actually saw during uh, lockdown is productivity in certain areas actually went up. Okay, I was going to um, ask that question. Because, you know, you save on the commute now. Um, right. So, yeah, I think that's where the new normal post, um, post-COVID post is is going to be something that I think all businesses are going to have to adapt to is h- how do we take the best of lockdown? So rather than seeing lockdown as an absolute disaster, and yes. I'm not for one second downplaying how significant sure, lockdown has been, 100%. but I think there has been some very positive learnings yeah. out of lockdown. And therefore, how do we take the positive learnings and apply it to our businesses? I agree with that completely. Now, I've always been that individualist. And um, in the profiling that I do, there's actually an aspect now where it mentions who can work from home better and if you are working from home, how you should be working from home. And I I was actually wondering now how much more admin got done because you're a very intensive admin organization. And the question that I had was, you know, if you've got someone that's really functional at home, would you want to bring them back into the office? Is there a need? That's the million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) And it's something that I think we're going to have to apply our minds to very seriously yeah you know i think if you look at offices are, are very much set up in a i don't want to say a rigid structure but offices are set up is that the, you know you've got your desk and this area this part of the organization sits here this yes. part sits there the smokers have a break at this time lunch is <laughs> at this time and i think maybe to a degree a lot of that also creates some of the internal drama that sometimes happens sure. in the business so I think the way that we desk and the way that we uh, seat people may change in the future. Yeah. And also, I think if, if people are responsible and can manage themselves and are saving on their commute and are saving on um, and are increasing productivity, I think we're going to have to find the best of both worlds. Yeah. And that's why I think new the new normal, there is going to be a new normal. Mm. I, I don't know exactly what that will look like right now, but... Mm. You know, CIOs have been saying for I don't know, 10, 15 years prior to this year is, is that you've got to be able to rem- work remotely. Yeah. That decision was made in a, in a week and all of a sudden we went from being not remote to remote within a, a week and it happened. Fortunately, uh, from an economist level, we uh, our staff have laptops and operate off laptops. Um, our PABX is um, a, in the cloud. So mm. We don't have a physical infrastructure. So we were able to make that move very quickly. Ah, but yes. we would never have gone to that level so quickly had this not happened. So now all of a sudden we said, okay, well, everybody can act remotely. Yes. So now we've got these three offices and and we were actually looking at expanding our offices. Well, how, how many more offices do we need? And that those are the kind of things that I think we need to look at very seriously. Yeah. And also I think the way that you manage staff internally in your uh, building, um, I think that will also probably have a look. So those are very powerful outcomes that you're talking about because they literally do shift and change the future. And, and the thing that really came through for me while you were talking, and I hadn't contemplated it until now, is what the next generation is going to look like. Because if we look at kids at the moment, if, I mean, I look at my two sons, Dita and Thomas, and Tommy's 10 and I've been doing homeschooling. I'm a terrible teacher. I'm just putting it out there, okay, because like, I bunk a lot. <laughs> I'm like, come, let's go watch a series He's like, Mom, I've got Zulu. I'm like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> but, you know, if I look at, if I look at these, these kids and, and how they're coming through, they're getting a lot more parental, I don't know if it's good guidance, but they're getting parental guidance. They're getting more attention. 
Um, you know, my alarm just went off right now, and that was actually to go fetch my son from school. But <laughs> I have to remind myself these things. But I, I've got someone fetching him today, so we're okay. But um, you know, it's it's those things where these kids are now getting so much more mental stimulation from the parent. Even if the parents at home, they're going to take breaks because that's what's going to happen. And they're going to be hearing their parent on the phone. And I listen to my 22-year-old. And because I've been entrepreneurial most of my life, he's been with me a lot. And he's a phenomenal businessman. I mean, I was talking to you before we started chatting about how he's really risen to the fore. And he, he goes shopping because he's earning money and he brings it home. And it's just amazing to watch this young man become a businessman of epic proportions. Do you think that the kids coming through out of this COVID space, if it's a prolonged environment, obviously three months won't make a difference, but if it's years, do you think it will have a profound effect on who we're going to have in the workforce down the line? Yeah, look, I think the way that we, I think that generation or the, the, the newer generation coming into businesses, we're already impacting that. I think there was already a call for more remote or, or more self-managed mm. environments. So I think the generation that's, I don't even know what they're called these days. But There's X and Y. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> that, you know, I think they... Certainly, it's already been pushed in terms of that demand for having more flexible environments. Yeah, I, I, what I've been surprised by is I think for me in our business, the the people that have had actually adapted the best to this were actually not the the newest generation, some of the, the older generation. So, and and they were the ones that have been doing this for much longer, yeah. but they adapted to it pretty quickly. Huh. So, I, I, yeah, if I look at my kids, um, so Andrew's fifteen and Paige's is twelve. And fortunately, my wife has been uh, helping big time in terms He's of managing so online schooling because <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, she's far more patient than what I am. But I, I can see from my kids is that as much as homeschooling, they have the freedom. And it talks to the point I made earlier on is that with freedom comes responsibility. Yes. Both my kids are yearning and fortunately, um, they're now back at school, mm. um, although it's not full time and, and the likes. Is they need the social interaction. Yeah. And it talks to my point earlier on where as much as it's great to work from home, you still need to be able to go to the office to have that physical 100%. interaction. And I'm seeing it with my kids. Mm. Is, is that my kids need to go to school to interact with their mates at school. And mm. and you said, you know, the smokers talk nonsense. Whatever. You know, my, my son's 15. They, they need to be boys. Yes. They need to push each other around yes. and give each other gears. And, and Paige, you know, more, you know, she needs her, you know, comfort with her girls at school that they can talk to, you know, what she wants to talk to them about, what she's not going to talk to her mom and dad about. And, you know, her brother's, you know, in a different wavelength. On that perspective, and, and that talks to how we are at work. Yeah. If you look at work, work has its little communities. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think, I think staff will realise during lockdown, as much as the freedom's been amazing to be at home, mm. it's also amazing to to have my little, my like, little group or my little community at, yeah. at the office. That's And that's what an office gives you, yeah. gives you your community. So yeah, I think these kids. My personal opinion is is. I, I look at my in my own cases that I think they've they've missed the so, the, the social interaction with their, their friends at school and mm. yeah let, let's hope that uh, all kids will be back at school um, in, in you know not too too distant future but I, I don't believe that you know schools will now all be online yeah no Ooh, no that would be disastrous. I don't think that's the future yeah um, it may work for some but in general kids need to go and socialize humans, humans need to interact we are a community based yeah. Um, well, the thing I also find quite interesting is, you know, before lockdown happened, everyone's, oh, I wish I could work from home and I wish I could never have to leave the house and I hate going to the office and traffic and moan, moan, moan. Then they get two weeks at home. It's like, I hate being at home. I can't wait to get back in traffic. Oh, the smog, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny how we, 
we always want what we can't have. And I'm wondering that, you know, going back into whatever the new normal looks like, with people actually going to celebrate getting back into work and actually not appreciating what they have. Yeah, I, if, if I look at our business, uh, I think that I'm hoping that our, our staff would realize what, you know, is provided for them at their offices and, and you know, what a company, and, and most companies do that. The mm. lack of environment that, that a company works so hard to create for staff, mm. which I think often gets, in life, it's, it's classic. You know, once you, when you have something, you take it for granted. Um, and yeah, if you look at the, the hairdressers, it took so long. Oh, it the took, yeah, I mean, that was taken massively for granted. Now they're open and people are rushing where it was, oh, it's cool. I don't worry about my hair. But people want, you know, that's an odd example. And, and yeah. there's a big craving now it's to get back to the gym. There's an old, you know, back in the day, you're being able to go to old Ed's in the morning. You take it for granted. Where yeah. Now you, you yearn for that. So Absolutely. with restaurants opening, you, you realize how much value that creates in your yeah. life. Um, and I think the office space, I think it's often taken for granted. You know, if the world moves completely to this remote element, uh, I imagine we would look back and miss it. most staff work, most people would say, I actually miss just having that environment where I had my desk yeah. and I was able to you know, meet with my mates during the day. Whereas it's not, yes, fortunately, you've got all these tools where you can engage with each other, but a face-to-face interaction is still, I think, very important. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put the horrible question to you that everyone hates is we're going to close off. And I wanted to know if there's one pearl of wisdom you want to leave with the listeners that has been there for you and it can be personal and it can be with your family or work that's just really come through for you that you would say is something maybe that can lead into your new motto what what i've learned um during the last my biggest if you had to say did you have an aha moment um, yes I, I would one day i was sitting thinking is how how humans are so adaptable huh. it's actually quite amazing how we can adapt to circumstances so i think Quite often, humans are always against certain elements until you're forced to do it. Mm. So, can you imagine in the beginning part of the year saying that you know life was closed and you're going to be working at home and everything would be in the four walls of your house? You would have thought you mad and You'd not going to happen. Mm. Yet, it happened and people adapted. Uh, all of a sudden, there was a whole bunch of new tech where you were able to engage with people. So, I think humans are way more adaptable than what we think. Mm. And I think adaptability often only comes when you push to the yeah. The edge, and I think we've we've been pushed to the edge, and I think now more than ever, anybody in business, you have to be way more adaptable than what you were in the past. And it talks to what we've been speaking about now: is what does the new office environment? It means we're going to have to adapt. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have to scrap it, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to adapt it to whatever the new normal is. Yeah, hot desks maybe. Who knows? <laughs> well, Matt, it's been amazing to have you with me today. Thank you so much. If you love what Matt was saying, or you want to get some cyber insurance. Um, you can find him on LinkedIn and the handle is Matthew Funden Hirville and you can find him on there but it was wonderful thank you so much and have a lovely rest of your day bye thanks for having me Tans appreciate it pleasure bye. Cheers.